home. Of course, Are you ready? ready? The goal is $200 this time. The purpose in your mind since you were a child. And now that it's becoming a reality, don't risk your once-in-a-lifetime event to a once-in-a-while amateur you found on Craigslist. The entertainment you choose for your special day can either make or break your celebration. You can never redo your wedding. But you can avoid a costly mistake by hiring a true professional. We make every wedding unforgettable. When what you need is more than music, what you want is more to music. That's M-O-O-R-E to M-U-S-I-C. More to music. Find more to music on Facebook. M-O-O-R-E to M-U-S-I-C. Also, moretomusic.com. More to music. More to music specializes in weddings, anniversaries, parties of all kinds, including the one in your backyard where you want some karaoke for all your friends. More to music. Owner operator Craig Moore can be found on Facebook right now. More to music. M O O R E, the number two, M U S I C. More to music. More to music. By the way, it's never too early to plan your event. Plus, check out moretomusic.com. Find out how you could win $500 in karaoke idol. Moretomusic.com. More to music. All of Craig Moore's services offered are available on his webpage, moretomusic.com. M-O-O-R-E, the number two, M-U-S-I-C.com. Moretomusic.com. When what you want is more than music, what you need is more to music. Moretomusic.com. It's now time for Race Chat Live with Chris Creighton and Craig Moore. It's now time for Race. <laughs> All right, race fans. Uh, they would have a little delay there, so I, I take it uh, we got to pay some bills right away, so that's all right. Glad to have y'all on this Monday night. Of course, breaking news, breaking news. Jennifer Joe Cobb not approved to race for this Sunday's race. We'll have comments and reactions to that later on. We have a special guest on here tonight, Laurie Fallon from Mohawk Valley Ventures Dirt Modified. She'll be on later on. And uh, without further ado, uh, let's bring in the co-host, Craig Moore and Taz Taylor. How you guys doing? Alert. We are doing well. I am well. That's great, buddy. Hopefully that you got your doji coin. And, uh... You're not in on it. Maybe you'll get in on it before it doubles up tomorrow. All about making money around here. Let's do it. Uh, so, uh, Craig, I guess uh, we'll turn things over to you and uh, let you get this uh, rock and roll boat started, buddy. All right. Well, you know what? It was an exciting race at Richmond. Um, I, I, I got a question, Danny Hammond. He just can't seem to get it done. And I think JGR is in a bit boatload of trouble. Boatload of trouble come uh, in the next couple of weeks if they don't turn the ship around. I want to get, uh, I mean, Alex Bowman, Alex Bowman picked up the checkered flag. But uh, 
I want to touch on Alex. I want to touch on the Denny uh, uh, Hamlin situation. So, what do you think? What do you think it's going to take for Denny Hamlin uh, to get the season, get his get his luck turned around on the uh, on the restart? He's just got to finish. He has a car to win. He obviously can run up front. He just needs to put together that missing piece to finish first at the end of the race. Well, I mean, he said, I, it, and I guess... he said it himself. I mean, there's, I got to find the article again, but there, there's an article that Hamlin literally said he needs to finish. He literally needs to. And you can't win a race if you can't put all your pieces together start to finish. Yeah, you can be good the first two stages, but if you can't get it done on that money lap for that money shot, it's not going to help you. I mean, SHR isn't in much better condition over there at Stuart Haas. Yeah. But, and um, I'm not... I'm not sure but, what the panic is at JGR. I, I mean, uh, Truex has two wins. Kyle Busch, you know, and this goes, yeah, you know, this goes back with Kyle Busch about him not getting the consistency, the practice that he's used to, the the the, uh, the tone in the end that he's the 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 tuning his car, I guess, so to speak, or his skills that he's uh, that he's used to, and he's he's not recovered from that at all. But Christopher Bell had a great run. Uh, Denny Hamlin is knocking on the door. Matt, uh, uh, I mean, Martin Truex Jr. has uh, multiple wins. So uh, to compare JGR with SHR, I think is, uh, I think SHR wish they had the problems that JGR has. Yeah, well, he, I just, um, GGR, like I said last week, um, before, I, before we head into Richmond, I felt that. GGR was the number one team. Hendricks number two. After this week, I'm kind of feeling Hendricks really flirting with number one, right with GGR now. Now that Bowman's got his win, what's making me hesitate at the moment with Hendrick is the face that runs the place, Mr. Chase Elliott. Like he's like he's lacking, and he's got good runs, but. He's lacking in the start, and a lot of the times it's because he's failing pre-race inspection, and he doesn't have the win while the other three Hendrick cars have that win. So you're the right now the defending champion is kind of trying to race his way in uh, based on points, but the rate we're looking at, you need to get wins there and quick. Yeah, well, I mean, you're going to have the same thing, and we're going to talk about this later. We're going to... I want to touch on this later. You're going to have the same thing with yesterday's winner, Alex Bowman. I mean, I was just looking at points before we came on air. He's 13th in points. He's got to win, but he's he's pretty much stuck in canal water. And if he's, you know, if he doesn't if he doesn't get the ship straightened out, he's gonna, you know, he's gonna be on the outside looking in. That one win's not going to save him. And that is. Uh, that is sad. He's got two top fives, four top tens, but he's got two DNFs. 
and you know we're eight races into the season, so it's time to um, hit or get off the pond. I guess is the best is the best way to say it. The one thing else going to look at too with Hamlin being that he's the points leader, and I looked this up earlier. He can win the regular season without a win, and he can get a spot in the playoffs. So he could literally screw somebody. So, yeah, with you saying that, Bowman could be screwed. Right. And that's that's the ironic part. Um, You know, isn't it ironic? Hamlin gets zero wins. Bowman's got one, but Bowman gets screwed because – He's got uh, he's got worse finishes. Technically, have to finish behind Michael McDowell in points. Well, so that's a, that's a lot of ifs and maybes right there. And we we're, we bounced around Denny Hamlin and Chase Elliott. I have a comment about Chase Elliott. You ever seen two roosters in the same pen? No. You know why, right? Because there's always a cock in the wall. <laughs> and maybe 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 Chase Elliott just uh, maybe he's a little intimidated because the cock of the walk showed up. Good me. But, but uh, yeah, Chief. Like I said, I wanted to put Hendrick at number one, but right now Chase Elliott had just had me at that question mark and that's why I'm giving Gibbs the number one spot because right now Kurt Busch he's or not Kurt Busch, Kyle Busch um, while he doesn't have a win either but in points wise he's higher up than Bowman last I knew and yeah Bowman's got the win but I mean Chase Elliott's just trying to – he needs that win, and you need him fast with how the season is going. And we've only had one repeat winner. And he's and that repeat winner only has two wins. Everyone else has one, has one win. And if we keep the trend going, you've got to have more than one win at this rate. Well, here, let me give you, let me give you the stats on Larson and Chase Elliott. Um, Larson's got six top tens. Elliott's got four. Chase Elliott's got one DNF. And Larson's got none. Top fives, Larson's got four. Elliott's got three. I did that a little backwards, but that's all right. We still see the pattern. Um, Elliott's team has got to figure out what Larson's team is doing over there at the five camp and figure this out. Now, not if fail Chris, pre-race inspection. Well, that would help. Um, Chris, if memory serves me right, the five car has not been this high up in points. Well, I mean, obviously it's the first year for it. So in a long time, but the last year, the five car ran Terry Labonte in it was in it, correct? Uh, well, Casey no. Kane. Well, Casey Kane was the last one in the five car, but the last person that really put the five car into uh, existence 
was Mark Martin the year yeah. after, uh, I think it was 2009, but, I would believe. But y'all don't confuse yourself because this is where people are throwing everything out of the wire. Yes, oh, Bowman is a 48. 48 bullshit comparison now. Yeah, but yes, Bowman has a 48, but that's still the 88 team from last year. They just they just rebranded the 88 to a 48. That's all they did. Johnson's team is Larson's team. <clears throat> okay. And I just I still don't understand why people can't grasp this concept. Because Bowman won, everyone's like, yeah, the 40s back in victory lane. Johnson's team's in the – it's like, no, it's not Johnson's team, guys. The 88 just rebranded to the 48. The five, the 48 went to the 5. John, Johnson's team is now Larson's team. Bowman kept his team. Stop it. I, I keep on seeing this in social media, and it's driving me nuts, and I don't understand why people can't grasp this concept. Because they don't want to. They want to look at it they, in the report. They don't. They don't want. They don't want to accept the fact that uh, Larson has Jimmy Johnson's uh, former team. Is, is that what you're saying, Craig? Yeah, I think that's it. I think that they don't want to embrace that. Um, but it is kind and, of confusing that that uh, Alex Bowman took the 48 team with the sponsor, but. He didn't really take the team. That team was actually the 88 team. So he brought his team over. They just gave him a new number. Larson is the actual replacement driver for Jimmy Johnson's team. Just just, just in case anybody's confused about that. Say that one more time, Chris. (laughs) Taz, help me out. I don't know if I can do it again. So, Alex uh, Bowman Clark, carried the Bowman? 88 team over to the Allied sponsorship and the number 48 because the 88 was no longer going to be used. So, yes. Larson was the actual replacement driver to Jimmy Johnson's team. Yeah. That was rebranded the five car. So, yes. the confusion is they never really left the same shop, though, because if I'm, I'm not sure who shares the shop anymore. But it used to be the 48 and the 88 shared the same shop. So that would now be the 48 and the 5 share the same shop. Right. Yep. The 88 rebranded and the five, and Larson replaced Johnson. They just gave Larson Johnson's team. That's all it is. All right. Well, let's, let's change gears. Let's start from the lower series and then we'll, we'll touch back up on the cup series. Um, John Hunter Nemechek, well, he did what not many have been able to do anytime Kyle Busch is in a race. Or wait a minute, Chris, how does that go? Kyle Busch. 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 Chris, grab your recorder. I'm going to say this right here, right now, and I caught this during the race when I was when I saw the first two stages. I didn't get to watch the last third stage, but I the caught last this in the third first stage. Yeah, the final stage of the race. I did not watch that. I saw the first two. But I caught this. Because... Yeah, Chris, you might want to get this one. I'm I'm getting it on record. Hold on. You just uh, do not tell it. Do not... 
Explain what you're about to do. Just don't do it until I tell you the recorder's ready. I'm going to do something I hate admitting to do. And Chris, oh, no. you can rub this in my face. That's all I'm saying. Okay, the recorder is 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 activated. Chris, I hate doing this, but you said this and proved me wrong. And you wanna know why? Because during the race, when Kyle Bush and John Hunter Nemechek would always start on the restart on the front row, Kyle Bush would do whatever would do the opposite of what the four team did. So if the four team wanted to restart on the outside, the Kyle Bush's team went the other way and let the four team do whatever they want. Basically Kyle Bush kind of, you know, favorited John Hunter for that race. And I know Chris has said this before and I was just like, no, nah, I think Hunter straight, straight up beat him. I don't uh, I know Kyle Busch struggled, but there was times where Kyle Busch let Nemechek go. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. I really do. And it's on record. It took a minute and seven seconds. I feel, uh, <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I'm standing here. I got a trophy in my hand. I feel like I'm the number one guy around <laughs> here in the again because – I mean, it was clearly obvious, Taz. It was obvious. He went from like two 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 tenths off to four tenths, and it was just it was just like, whoa, wait a minute, man. I mean, are you? Then and I expected him to actually race him this time because he's already in. But I guess Kyle Busch, the owner, said, wait a minute, that's two more points I'm ahead of of the other guys. Twenty more points I'm ahead of the other guy. If I if I let I mean look if I'm a sponsor I'm questioning the whole deal especially for Kyle Busch but there again you know hey all I needed was to be uh, told I was right so hey I'm happy no argument with me y'all enjoy well Chandler Smith beat the boss last year uh, Miss Lee said but (coughs) I think excuse me. I think in that respect, as Chris, you just said, it's all about a points thing with Kyle going into the final races of the season. Now, I hope they don't do with John Hunter that they've done with other drivers, and we won't mention any names if we ever hope to get this person on the show, although I think we're too small for her. Um but I hope they don't rush these guys up into the ranks to get them into a cup car full time right away. Give them some time to give them some time to mature and season. Um, I don't give a shit how big their bank account is. Um, you know, leave John Hunter right where he's at. Let him uh, let him do his let him pay his dues, so to speak, and. Uh, get some things done. But, you know, Kyle Bushpinner's second, Tyler Ankrum was third, Chandler Smith fourth, Johnny God Bless America Sauter, your favorite driver, Chris, was fifth, 
Todd Gilliland was sixth. Ben, get out of my road, was seventh. Eighth was Grant Infinger. Sam Mayer was ninth, rounding out the Finger top ten. <laughs> rounding out the top ten was Austin Hill. Did I just hear a personal favorite on here on this show? <laughs> what was that? What was that? Chris? Carry on, my carry on, my friend. Carry on. Thirteen. Okay. <laughs> Stuart Friesen, who uh, then, in, in hurried up, then who hurried up and jumped on an airplane, come up and put on an ass-kicking clinic at Fonda. We'll talk about that when we do our yep. local. Yep. Yeah, you, yeah, yeah. We'll we'll talk about that later. But all I'm saying is how he drove that modified at Fonda Saturday night. You could tell the truck race did not play in his favor because he drove like a pissed off mother trucker. Yes, he did, and you and I talked about that up in the stands. And um, you tried to push me off the bleachers a few times, but we won't talk about that on air. Um, <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> but that that was your top ten. That's where Stuart Friesen finished with 13. Um, is, is the experiment about to come to an end? I mean, not to jump topic too far, but... It just does not seem like things are cooking up too well for Stewart this year. No. Is this is this is this experiment I mean, eventually you have to figure this guy is wore the hell out, right? I mean, well, look at the schedule that he's pieced together the last three years. And I mean any any racer, you know, they 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 know what they're doing and they know what their bodies can take, but eventually three years of trying to go from one side of the world to the other uh, in a week's time, man, it, it, it wears on you. And, well, I, and and maybe that's – it seems like since he went to Toyota, this has been an issue. But I kind of don't know if I need to blame Toyota or if I need to say, hey, wait a minute, maybe this whole experiment, um, maybe we're seeing the end of the tunnel here. He, he's not having a bad year. I think last year with him going from Chevy – from Chevy in 2019 – 2020 was his first year with Toyota. I think him trying to get used to, instead of GMS Chevy, he's now got KBM Toyota. Um, kind of threw things off if, um, in terms of probably like setup and different chassis and everything else. So it probably gave him a little bit of a wire, which is probably more than likely why he didn't perform as well as we had expected after coming off a year of a Final Four with two wins. And now 2021, they've probably learned where their mistakes went and how the truck, how the Toyota KBM trucks work. I think they've now figured out a lot of the pieces. I mean, I still think they're working out some of the kinks that they can't quite figure out yet. But I do believe eventually if he gets good runs going at some of these tracks, he could be a top ten playoff contender, and maybe maybe get a win somewhere. Obviously, Knoxville's gonna probably be one of that one of them he could win right, at. But, we, but it but just depends we, on what tracks he's good and what tracks he's not, and what can they fix from last year. All right, so here is his stats for this year in the Truck Series. We've got one top five two top 10s, one DNF, and he's led 
just six laps with no stage wins. He's currently sixth in the points, obviously. And um, could this quite be an omen? Hey, uh, Chris, do you know his modified number? No, I don't. But I, I'm not selling stock yet. I just, it just well, here's feels, the modified it number. Like since, since the Toyota situation, things have seemed to have not gone in his direction. We're not favoring him each weekend like we were in the past. No, we're not. He is only 44 points, and I, that's why I brought that up about his modified number. He's only 44 points above the cut line. So, you know, listen, I'm I'm a big Stuart Friesen fan. I like the guy personally, uh, but he has got to figure out. They have got to figure out the issue over Talmar Friesen, and uh, you know, fix the problems that they have. Or, you know, he uh, Taz thinks he'll he'll still make the cut at the end of the year. I don't. If he doesn't fix his issues. He's 87 points behind the leader, John Hunter Nemechek. And, uh, but, and I, Chris, I, I agree with you. I think the experiment is almost done. Um, he gets out of the truck and he comes and he runs the, um, he runs a modified race. He ran uh, Saturday night at Fonda, put an ass whooping on the field. And then I don't know what he did at Albany Saratoga last night. We'll touch on that later. I'm sure Taz has the information. But, um, you know, he's got to do something. He's got to – I think it's now time to sit back, and I'm interested to hear what Miss Lee has to say. Maybe we'll get her to come on here later. Um, I know she's chatting with us in our group chat. But I'm interested to hear her thoughts and even even CJ's thoughts on this. But – you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting it's gonna be an interesting year. John Henry's already got two wins. Ben Rose has got two. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to see we'll have to see what uh, what transpires over the next uh, couple weeks. Rumors of a cup team by Dale Jr. is uh, is yeah. it smoke with his fire? Well, we will have to see. Tell us more. Do tell, Chris. Do tell. Oh, well, I mean, it was just uh, Dale Jr. made a slip of the tongue after Josh Berry's win, said that uh, him and Kelly had made conversation that the, the Generation 6 car, what is this, Generation 7, 8, I don't even know. Anyway, that the new car could be the gateway to starting a cup team if they had plans to um, if they had plans to, to, to of course, uh, go cup racing. Um, he had a very emotional podcast on the Dale Jr. download. Uh, he explained a lot of emotion that he felt with Josh Berry, the fact that uh, they've been at this since 2011. And, uh, you know, it was just a really feel-good story. I think even uh, Josh Berry saying that, uh, you know, before the, this opportunity here, he had kind of accepted the reality that he was just a late model guy. And this is uh, – <laughs> and, and definitely the beginning of the Xfinity 
experiment for the second round didn't work. Uh, wasn't working like they thought it would, and uh, he got more attention flipping somebody off than what he did with his uh, uh, performance on the racetrack. But Dale Jr. really come out and saying, look, I carry a lot of emotion with me anyway, and this was the moment that all that came to to spew. And, uh, you know, I think uh, in a way it kind of relates to the relationship that his father had with Mikey Watcher. You know, uh, his father always wanted to give Mikey a chance, wanted to get him, told Mikey, hey, you'll win if, if you go one of my cars. If, if, if I was the owner... I would make sure you get the victory lane. And, and well, I mean, you know, it comes to fruition. Uh, it was, it, it, Dale Earnhardt Sr. was never able to celebrate that. Um, so I guess in a way a lot of this has to, uh, has to do with each other. And the Josh Berry experiment uh, is more than an experiment. It's an emotional roller coaster for junior motorsports. Uh, He was uh, talking about the uh, about the podcast, but uh, so I mean, you know, they said that it's going to take a lot of money. Do you guys uh, believe that Junior Motorsports will become a Cup team, even with the obstacles of the charter system and sponsorship? Is yes. Junior Motorsports capable of going Cup racing? If Hendrick can provide a little help to at least get one car in, regardless if it's part-time or full-time. I think they can. Only question is, do they have to downgrade any of their rides? Do they have to downgrade from four cars to three cars at the Xfinity level? I think... I think that... um... I happen to agree with Taz. They're probably going to get rid of a car. But I think that money will talk. And they will see that if he can do in there what he's done, then by all means, he'll be a success. I don't really think, though, that one win is you know, a, a cup-worthy status team. I mean, hell, if you want to piss money away, I'll give you my routing number and account number. No, that's what he said. He's like, dude, the, you don't know how many times people have contacted him to sponsor somebody. He said, he said I'm a car owner. And he said one of the hardest things for him to understand is that as a as a retired driver now, yeah, he has cars in the shop. Like, this, why can't he go racing? Those are his race cars. But they're not, and they're tied to certain sponsorships and money that is brought into the organization buys those race cars. And so he's very committed to structuring that type of business. He said, for the most part, junior motorsports pays for itself, but there are times where they take risk and they, you know, try to wing it. You can't do that in cup racing. And also, with the, and he did say that the, 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 earn, the, the earn to drive again, he, he's he's having a very hard issue with uh, – he thought it would get easier with time instead it's only gotten harder. But uh, owning his own cup team, 
you know, it, it's got to be, it's got to be profitable. It has to take care of itself. And uh, they're just now exploring that opportunity and whether or not it could be feasible. Um, I, I believe that if Junior showed up to Rick Ware's front door and said, hey, I'm looking to buy a charter, well, Rick Ware, Rick Ware would sell that charter to Jay Robinson for 200000 But if you got Dale Earnhardt Jr. knocking on your door, how much are you going to sell that, that, that uh, charter for? So the charters aren't really worth much until somebody like Dale Jr. walks in the room and says, hey, I need a charter. Now all of a sudden that charter is worth more than what uh, people want to pay. I think that's the issue when it comes to the charter system and how it can affect whether or not somebody can actually bring a team to that level. Because now what he needs is a $10 million sponsorship uh, just to cover the, the, one, the, the, the charter, to buy the charter. I mean, Miss Lee brings up a good point, and I and I agree with her. She says I don't think Junior would make the leave unless he was sure. Well, you know what? I made the leave once too. It was called marriage because I thought I was for sure. I thought it was for sure, and it didn't work out. So, you know, that's a driving in Cup Series is a lot bigger leap than marriage. Although it's, it cost me more in the end, but you know that should be our guest, Chris. I believe. Yeah, I guess he's in the studio. All right. Well, we're going to turn it over to Taz. Taz, we're so, going to let you take over. So our guest for tonight is none other than the promoter, the boss of the Mohawk Valley Vintage Dirt Modified Series up here in the Northeast, primarily in New York. Her name is Lori Fallis. Lori, how are you doing? Do we got you? Hey, can you guys hear me? Can you hear me? I got you. Okay. Yeah. How you guys doing? Thanks for having having me on. Oh, we're glad that uh, things worked out that we could get you on. Um, first and foremost, got to know how did you get into racing in general? Well, I started um, going to the races in 1984. And I always can remember that year because that's the year when our legend Jack Johnson went four for four in 1984 of winning all four Syracuse races. So, and I started going to the races with uh, Drew Fallows took me, um, now my ex-husband, and he said, come on, he said that there's, have a good time down to the races. And the first time I went, uh, I was definitely hooked, and I just, believe it or not, the first thing that really excited me of, on the track was watching the tow trucks uh, pick up the cars that were wrecked. So, but, no, and right from there, um, and then Drew also raced. So we had cars, race cars for 20 years. Um, I also started, I got a four-cylinder 
I I started racing. Um, the, well, we did the powder puffs. Ralph Company started the powder puffs down at Fonda Speedway, and he had a couple races. Oh, a couple of races a year, and so we said, what the heck? I'm like, yeah, I wanted to do it and because I thought I knew everything about racing, so I was like, why not get a car? So I got a, a Monte Carlo we bought for 100 bucks. John Bacazonis put a cage in it, and um, a bunch of us worked on it. The Grays, the car went up to the Grays. We even had Bob Savoy uh, help work on it, Danny Kohler, and... Um, we got it going and had a good time. So that was my first experience racing. And then I got a four-cylinder, and I raced up to the Glen Ridge and got my feet wet there, raced every week because um, uh, actually had some success up there. Uh, 2007, I was a track champion in the four-cylinder division. And then I traveled a little bit, went to Five Mile Point and was a track champion down there in 2010. And then um, I just uh, was always involved in the racing. I love the racing and have a passion for it. And then uh, I sold my car probably around in 2013. I just felt it was time. I got a good offer for it. And I was going to come back, but I knew I had the car already, and I knew somebody was interested in buying it. So I figured I better sell it before I went out and got it and went out into the heat race because I probably wouldn't have sold it. And my son was racing, and so I wanted to go travel, you know, watch him race and get more involved in that. And so that's where my racing career, you know, Ended and start, started and ended. How did you first start getting your feet wet into the Vintage Modified Series, and how did that come into fruition where you ended up taking the keys over in 2018? Uh, so I really didn't know much about the Mohawk Valley. Um, and then... Um, I became friends with Jay Cast, um, Jay uh, Severson, and he was announcing. He was the announcer for the Mohawk Valley, and I knew Jay from Glenridge. So he Buck was sort of Buck um, Gasner is the one who started the Mohawk Valley, the modified series. And the first, our first, the first race they had was at actual Glenridge. Is the first uh, race for the Mohawk Valley. And so then I asked Jay if he needed some help because Buck was sort of getting out of it. He wanted to pursue, he wanted to move up and go into the um, pro stock division. He, he also had a vintage car. So, but he wanted to move up and do other things. So Jay was going to take over. So I, hel- I helped Jay a little bit. And then Jay had to, um, he stepped down as running it. And I said, uh, what the heck? So keys and i recruited my friend joanne and said um hey i need some help and she liked she enjoyed the races so i sort of grabbed her up and i'm sure she probably didn't know what she was in for being how we are today how we've grown so much and then um so when we first started took over there was like four races and maybe eight ten cars so i mean and then the first race we had, we had like 15, and then the second race we had, we were up to 30 cars. 
and that was in 2018. And and then we, I also, um, Georgie Constantino, we needed a score, so I sort of asked her if she would help, and she, thank goodness, she did. So it was the three girls, uh, me and um, Joanne and Georgie, ran the series for two years of the two girls. And then in 2019, we, um, we had a, it just kept growing and we got more races. And, and then, um, then uh, last year we got a tech inspector. So that helped a lot because we were, we were averaging 35 cars per race and we were, racing a lot more before it was just more or less like at Fonda and Glenridge and maybe, at, you know, a couple at Malta. And then we grew, we ran to Lebanon Valley and then we went to Penn Can. Um, and then, oh, Aston. We also went to Aston. Uh, we had, there was a race at Devil's Bowl a couple years back. And it's just, um, and then this year for the 2000, uh, 2020, we did, well, of course, everybody didn't know if we were going to be racing or not. And we ended up having a great year. And like I said, we averaged 35 cars and our, we had the most cars at Fonda Speedway. We had 42 that showed up and, and yeah, so it's grown to, it's really grown for sure. Now, besides car count before we try to jump into the 2021 season that you guys will be kicking off this Saturday where have when you took this over the series how have you seen the series grow besides car count like what kind of things um did you kind of learn along the way to where you are now with the series, what kind of things did you not expect to see? What were the challenges from when you first took over to now where you are? Well, I guess the first thing I've learned is uh, I've grown very thick skin um, from the person that I am, my personality, and to where, you know, you have to be a strong person. And I've definitely had to grow uh, thick skin. Um, and one thing is when I first took over, I had to really, um, beg, but I, you know, we, I had to really work hard to, for the promoters to get racing to where, cause vintage, the one, my one goal was, was to make vintage racing, um, change the stigma on it. Uh, you know, like before people would say, oh, the, here comes the vintage, and people would get up, go get a hot dogs, or, you know, or go to the bathroom. And my goal was to change that and to make people, when they know that the Mohawk Valley Vintage Dirt Modified Series is racing at a track, that they want to come down to watch that. And they want to watch it during, you know, watch the races. And nothing pleases me more that my is when people say, and we hear a lot of it more and more, that the vintage put on the best race of the night. So that that was a that's a big thing that has changed the stigma of vintage racing. Um, and definitely from the beginning, um, I've uh, met a lot of great people 
in vintage racing. Um, I mean, I had a racing family before, but it's just amazing of the collaboration that we have in our group. Um, that has changed a lot in racing overall, where back in the day, you know, everybody used to hang out after the races and, um, you know, the teams used to hang together and stay after where now in racing, people load up and they're in a hurry to get out of there, you know, and which, you know, it's, it's I know that the people got their big haulers and, you know, they travel and they got the cars where back in the day, Fonda used to park in the infield and all the fans can come over. So hopefully with the vintage, you know, the fans can come over into the pits and um, talk to the guys and the drivers and, you know, the kids love to sit in the race cars. And if it just attracts a couple people, you know, young kids that, you know, to, cause it's, we need the young fans to keep the sport going. Um, Absolutely. Um, and it just is, um, you know, it's a lot of hard work. I got a great team. Um, I mean, and, and, and sponsors. So when I first took over, um, some clubs and series, they, um, you know, they, um, charge to be a member or whatever, but being, I used to race, I know how much it costs for the race teams to get to the track. So I decided that, um, I wasn't going to charge to join and I was going to go out and get sponsors. And so I reached out to the sponsors, to um, guys that used to race or was involved in racing back when, you know, back in the 90s and and stuff that they used to race. And now they, but they have, you know, successful businesses. And I reached out to them. And my first person I reached out to was Jake Spraker. So, and I was uh, very nervous. If you guys all know Jake Spraker and... um, but, nope, he was, I asked him, and um, he's been with us since I've taken over every year, um, Glove City Taxi. Uh, and then I just continued on because um, I went and got some sponsors, and then we started, like, giving, trying to give back to the guys because the guys don't race for money. Um, that You know, they don't, the track, you know, the track don't get, um, pay them, you know, like a purse. They don't have a purse. So I get the sponsors. And they give me money, and we actually do something pretty neat where um, I have the envelopes made up, and we draw out of a hat, you know, for the guys who win, you know, get lucky and draw out of the bucket. And um, so it's just a way to give back, something a little different. Um, Nescot, they give us money for each one of our point shows, and that's another draw. So it's it's more or less we don't race for money. It's just the potluck of the draw at our driver's meeting and everybody gets to see who everybody looks like who they're racing against and um but yeah just uh, we have great sponsors is the reason why um great great um my my team and um the drivers the drivers are awesome they're great guys um they it's to see we have quite a few drivers that actually have driven over 40 years ago, and they're still racing today. And that's an amazing feat. That's that's a really 
pretty cool thing to say in our series. And a lot of the guys that used to drive but just can't do it anymore because of the cost and everything, this is a a way for them to get back into a car and still have fun and enjoy it. Lori, it's Craig. How are you? Hey, Craig. How you doing? Good, good. So I've got a question. You're talking sponsorship. What does it yep. cost? What does it cost if we got somebody listening on here that wants to sponsor? Um, what does a sponsorship package run? What does it entail? What are the benefits and uh, what are the features and benefits of it? Okay, so when we um, all our sponsors are are they might not be all money sponsors. They might help in some other way as far as maybe um, um, making our stickers or um, just something that helps us and as for our series to, you know, shine and stuff like that. Um, we do have a, a – um, then there's some people, they give us money, and it's like uh, we started out at a smaller price, but then as we grew, we were, had to give out more money to the um, drivers. So in plus two at our banquet, um, so we it's like it's $400, and that's for the whole season. And what that does, it, it buys our trophies, and it, and we give nice trophies. I don't know if you've seen pictures, but that's the guys race for the trophies, and so we we go all out on making sure they get really nice trophies. And, and then, um, and then just all our the cost of getting stuff to you know like I didn't do the tokens when they draw. I get like you know candy bars or potato chips and um, and then what our the big expense is actually like our banquet. Now we you know we get everybody um, you know like all our sponsors and um, our the media. And that's another big thing that um, is important is our media. Um, and then I advertise on our Facebook page. We make um, um, like a banners. We've had banners made up, but now we've got so many sponsors that we've got to come up with another idea to get the sponsorship out there. And it's just, um, yeah, it's just getting out. I, I, like I said, I do a lot of stuff on Facebook, and I send people, you know, that goes to their business. We range from, uh, the, like, we got, I got a list of all the sponsorships that I do want to mention. And so we have a vast variety of sponsors. And if it wasn't for them, we definitely, they, they like, make us um, – um, shine for sure because if it wasn't for them I wouldn't you know we wouldn't be able to get back to the drivers and no exactly what uh, um, what are your plans for 2021 well 2021 is is we got 16 races we're all excited about that um, it's, it's, it's a pretty full season uh, we're in this Saturday, we'll, we'll definitely we are going to be at um, Fonda Speedway. That's going to be our opener, and also we still had 2020 unfinished business we had to do because 
um, of course, because of the COVID, we weren't able to have our banquet. Now, the 2019 banquet, we had 140 people at it. So we were um, geared up to have an even bigger banquet because we have so much, many more drivers. And um, so before our racing on Saturday, we're going to actually have our, our uh, ceremony at the Fonda Speedway Museum. And then then we're going to give out the awards, and then we're going to go racing. So, um, so we got a big night coming up here for this Saturday at Fonda Speedway. Um, well, it starts at 1 o'clock. So anybody out there that's interested in coming down, it starts at 1, and then our awards will be handed out at 1.15, and that's at the Fonda Speedway Museum. Um, we now have five tracks. Lori, do the tracks charge you, um, or do you have to pay the tracks, I should say, to put these races on? No, no, we have um, all the great promoters um, that we have our races at. They, um, We are able to showcase at the tracks. Um, if it wasn't for them letting us, we wouldn't obviously be able to, uh, you know, um, have the races and, you know, and keep the history of the past alive. And with all the guys that have all their beautiful cars, we have, we represent, like, um, probably the late, 50s up to 89 1989 so we're representing many eras of our racing past and but nope they all um we are able to they have races and we have five races at fonda speedway um this year we have two races at albany saratoga and a big race at albany saratoga is the john grady memorial night and that's on august 6th so that's always a John Grady is a well-known photographer. He's uh, definitely one of our legends in racing. Uh, he has a lot of his photos captured all the moments of the past of, of drivers and um, and then we have a race at Glenridge Motorsports Park and that's on um, May 30th and that's like I said that's our the original track where we the Mohawk Valley first had a race. And then we we got two races at Lemon Valley. So that'll be, um, everybody's excited. They're looking forward to the high banks. Um, um, those That's an open show because we have open shows and we have our Mohawk Valley point shows. So our point shows, we have eight races of those and our other races are open shows. And, so, and then um, we go to Devil's Bowl. We got a big race up there on um, now Devil's Bowl went to Saturday nights now, so we're excited about that. We're up there on July 17th, um, and a big a big night also on our schedule is um, at Wheatsport Speedway. This is going to be a first for the Mohawk Valley. That's uh, Sunday, July 25th. That's going to be for the Wheatsport Hall of Fame, and that's with the Super Dirt Car Series race up there. So we're looking forward to that. And then um, we got uh, the big King of the Can race at Ten Can Speedway. That was fun. We went there last year, and that was a great time. They That was good. And we're back at Afton Motorsports Park, and that's we've been there, raced there before. 
And that's we're going to tie up with um, the Brett Deo's uh, Short Track Super Series. And then we go to Five Mile Point at the end of the year, which will be our last race of the year, and that's going to be on uh, October 23rd. So, um, oh, and then our big our big deal is this is something that's also a first for the Mohawk Valley is um, – we're going to be on a. We're going to do a back-to-back race. We've never done that before, and that's going to be um, our first race. It's going to be. We're going first time at Utica Rome Speedway on a Friday on June 11th, and then the back-to-back will be on a Saturday, June 12th. And we we call that the. It's the first time we ever did that. I was sort of a little nervous about doing it, wondering how it worked out. But um, so that's going to be the the uh, vintage river run. That's what we called it and um we are going to give toll money for those who come on um friday night just to give the guys a little bit of something you know for you know if they want to go to both races just something to help them out and um and that will give bonus points for show up and then that then it's the next day is back to saturday but there's a lot of interest in that so we're sort of excited about it and excited and nervous at the same time um, but yeah, so we got a, definitely a full season and also too, um, I wanted to mention that, um, we have, um, new people coming on board. Uh, we have, we have besides, um, we got Joanne Flansburg, Georgie Constantino and Wade Seberg is our inspector. We have new for 2021. We're going to have a, a, um, race monitor up into the tower, Ray Rogers, um, I just feel that it's uh, for safety, you know, because when I'm in the pits, I can't see the whole track. So if we have somebody up in the tower that's going to be talking to them on the radio and making sure everything is, um, uh, you know, let the drivers know if there's cautions and not saying that they don't, but this way here, it's, they're just focusing more on the, the vintage cars and just making sure everybody behaves out on the track and, um, we have Jimmy Mohall. He takes pictures, and George Kohler. He does video, and also news this year. We are going to have we got a uh, announcer. We're working. Um, um, Mike DeSormo is going to be our announcer, and Denise Markle is going to do a little bit of everything, so she can learn in case if somebody can't make it, she can fill into those spots. And we also are going to have a flagger, um, Cole Nelson. So we pretty much got a – we're a traveling series that has a team that's going to come along with it. Um, so that's that's exciting. So we'll see in our first race that Fonda. So we'll see how we all gel together. And, and um, I'm pretty excited about that. That's going to be fun to watch. That's going to be fun to watch. Uh, Saturday to see the series grow and you guys have more staff um, alongside with you. Um, Lori, before we try to wrap things up and let you go, do you want to plug in your sponsors that help uh, make the series grow and get their names out there? Yeah. Um, just one other thing too. I just want to, we do run, um, we run uh, three races with four divisions. We, um, we have the vintage antique class, which is for the older cars, and they do race by themselves. Um, they are 
the true authentic cars. Um, they have a they have a race they run, um, which we added that on the year after I took over. It was just like a a place where people could bring their older cars out and have a place to race and not feel of getting ran over with the faster cars. So that has really grown. That's a great um, um, race and you know, it shows the people what the real cars look like, you know, the older cars, the grassroots cars. And then we have a late model um, division, and that's, that's, that's growing. That is growing, and people just love seeing the late model cars. Um, they are the, the true steel bodies, uh, late model cars. And then we have the vintage sportsmen. And the vintage sportsmen, they are the t- cars that the chassis are 89 and below, and so they're 40 years old, those cars. Um, and then we have the the vintage modified, the replicas. Those are the newer chassis cars. And so, yeah, so we have four great divisions and um, three big races. And I tell you what, every all our races were really good last year. Um, our vintage antique race came down I think it was like three four races came right down to the last lap and but so I just wanted to let everybody know what we got going on of the of the different eras that represent and but yes I would love to go down our sponsors um we have a canine grooming and pet motel the red chair guy which another cool little thing we have is um the ghetto motorsports they um they do give out um money for guys that haul their cars with open trailers and the guys that come with the open trailers they get their names put in a bucket and they give out um some cash awards to those who um come in with the open trailers and then the red chair guy he also is a sponsor but he always likes to do a little different twist on things um so he put up money for the enclosed haulers so the guys with the enclosed haulers also get a chance to get some bonus money as well. Um, we have New Day Motors, Red Service and Repair, Kugler's Red Barn, Custom by Bob Sign and Designs, the Winner's Circle, Restaurant, Spraker's Enterprise, Ruano's Custom Body Shop, Final Reward Trophy, and Printables. Ghetto Motorsports, Wilton Service Auto Repair, Nescot, which Nescot's a big sponsor to us. They've they've been with us since um, we've taken over, and, and they give money for each one of our um, point shows. Wheel People with Ed Lamberton, L&E Smith Construction, John's Auto Service Center, Matthewson's Farms, D. Carl and Sons Garage, Andy Speed Shop, Mangino Chevy, GMC Incorporated, Todd Hoffman's Racing, Fulton County Electric, Yerkowitz Auto Crusher, Elmo Speed and Supply, Andy Speed Shop, and we have a lady who's been... um, a fan of racing for many years and she just loves what we do and she's in a wheelchair now 
and hopefully this year she plan on hopefully making it to um one of our races and she gives us some um, uh cash money to hand out to the guys as well and that's Rita Gorman and and then uh, maybe we'll get Craig Moore to uh DJ our banquet for this year <laughs> we'll have to see what he says about that. Well, yeah. it seems like, <laughs> seems like I'm in. <laughs> there we go. He's in. See, there we go. We're hooked up. Awesome. Yeah, like I said, we had a great time in 2019 to our banquet, but I think we're almost outgrowing our uh, the place where we have it. It's like uh, these were did we get you know it's growing so big and and like I said, I just you know. If it wasn't, like, our, our sponsors, everybody, it's, it, it, you know, however they help out is, you know, I love to give them recognition and stuff like that. And I, you know, I really feel like we, to get back to the drivers because if it wasn't for the drivers, we wouldn't be having races. And, but, yeah, I appreciate everything that everybody does for our series. Like I said, the media, the photographers. Um, everything there's it's 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 really um we just appreciate it and can't thank everybody enough the promoters the promoters are all great um if i ask to do special you know things um it's it's just it's we're just i'm just lucky to have great surrounding people around the mohawk valley to make it shine well laurie um we appreciate you uh, taking time out of your day and coming on for a little bit. Perfect timing for you to come on. You guys open up on Saturday, and it looks like you guys have a lot re- um, ready to go and look like you have a 20, better 2021 season than last year, um, be, obviously given the circumstances from last year. But hopefully this year uh, does a lot for you guys. And um, – Again, if you haven't already, um, I'm going to put on the Facebook uh, page for Race Chat Live. Uh, Make sure all of our listeners go to Mohawk Valley Vintage Dirt Modified Series. Go like them, follow them, what's going on. And, uh, Lori, thank you again for coming on, and hopefully we'll try to reach out to you uh, maybe towards the end of the season and talk about how your season went and how the series did as a whole. Yeah, I just go, just on a closing note here. Um, and, and one thing that we strive for in the Mohawk Valley Vintage They're Modified is keeping the memories of the past alive and never forgetting where racing came from and the looks of the racing and all of the, you know, the drivers that bring – I don't know if you guys have been down there, but, boy, I tell you, you walk in those pit row, and there's a lot of beautiful cars that the guys take pride in. And it's it's not about, um, you know, making names for yourself. It's about keeping the history, and, and I try to strive that. And I, I know we have competitive racing, but that's, that is my main goal whenever I step away is to look back and say that I've done my part in keeping the past and the history alive. And so, and I'm I'm proud to be able to do it, and 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 the guys all do it a great job. So, but we'd love to see you guys come down to the races. 
maybe we'll see you Saturday. Oh, you'll see me for sure. Okay. Uh, again, thank you, Laura. Thank you, Laurie, and uh, we'll we'll be we'll touch and base with you. We would love to have you back on. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate yes, it. Yes. Have a good night. Okay. We'll bye see now. You bye, Craig. You guys. Bye. Okay, bye now. Thank you. Well, folks, right. that was Lori well, Dallas. Kaz? Yeah. Some guests we got to pull teeth to get them to talk. That young lady, we didn't even get to get the questions I had written down. She answered everything single one of them while she was talking. So that was phenomenal. Great oh, job, yeah. she, buddy. She was she was great to talk to earlier, and I knew after talking to her earlier, we had a great interview lined up for tonight. So, um, again, thank you to Lori and the Mohawk Valley Vintage Shirt Modified for having her come on, talk about the show, and that or talk about their series, what they've got going on, and from where they've started from, um, as far as I've known the series to where they are now, they've really grown a whole lot, and... I think they have the right, the series has the right person in charge to do it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I just, I, it was a great interview, great job. Um, Kat, as always, she actually just sent me a message. So um, I will be the DJ for the uh, banquet this year. For their banquet, so I'm excited for that. I'll do it for as long as she's in charge. Um, great to help out any way that I can. Um, I did just tell her that um, we'd like to get one of her, two of her drivers in this year for an interview uh, later this year. I think that would be great. So, anyway, moving on to opening night at Fonda 2021. Now, I pulled in. It was a little after 630. I uh, stopped at the local Applebee's and had my favorite chicken and uh, shrimp, and it was okay. It was nothing to write home about. The mashed potatoes were a little cold, so thank God the racing was hot and it wasn't super cold at the track because otherwise I would have froze. But um, friends of the show, Cliff Halston, uh, had a very bad night. Uh, he ended up on his roof, and then his son, Dan, uh, didn't have a very good night, but I'll tell you who did have a really good night. Uh, Parker Friesen had a really good night. Young Parker had a good night because his dad brought home the big check at 3250 Now, how much of that Parker guess is beyond me, but I'm sure that uh, being Daddy's chief PR man, he made out pretty well in his cut. But uh, another person that had a really good night was Tyler or um, Jeremy Terrell. Now, you remember Jeremy. He, his dad was on, us, on with us last week and uh, spoke about great clips coming on board. They're, they're sponsors. So uh, he dominated his class, led every lab, 1 to 15. He led them all. And uh, I thought for sure I was down in the pits, and I don't know if you can see it, but um, Taz, from where your person, from your vantage point, but he was coming out of four. He hit that rut a few times, and he brought that car up on two wheels. I thought for sure he was going to 
he was going to go over like Cliff did, but uh, that was not the case. He dominated, as I said, his class, and uh, he was one excited young man. I don't know if you got a chance to catch his interview, but um, oh, the results for all right. So I was wrong. Parker Friesen made out a little bit better. Dad brought home $3,612. So I'm sure Parker's allowance just skyrocketed. So, uh, Taz, what else you got, my friend? Oh, Taz is quiet. He did. Oh, yeah. Yep. Here we go. I I Uh, thought for sure you were going to do a race winning call at some point. uh, No, I can't. I don't have a highlight thing, so unfortunately, don't do don't have that. But um, results, I kind of will we'll try to run through them quick. Uh, the Snoka modified feature give Stuart Friesen winning three thousand six hundred twelve dollars. Um, the original prize was thirty five hundred, but being that um, a Jack Johnson bonus was thrown in, he took home three thousand six hundred twelve dollars. So Stuart Friesen put on the clinic, led all 30 laps of the modified feature. Um, he took the win over Josh Hohenforce, Mike Maresca, Demetrius Drellos, and Bobby Varon, the top five, while Brian Gleason, Jack Lehner, Rocky Warner, Jessica Friesen, and R.J. Ronnie Johnson rounded out the top ten. Uh, Stu, Bobby Varon, and Brian Gleason all won their heat races. And speaking of Stuart Friesen yet again, um, he broke the track record in his heat race with a lap time of 17.740 and shattered the record by, that was set by Bobby Varon with a lap time of 18.136. And so he was on rails. And how he drove, you knew he had a bad truck race. When you know he had a bad truck race that weekend, he, dro- he drives like a P.O.'d mother trucker. So, um, and then, and the swagger, and the swagger factory apparel sportsman, um, we had Chad Edwards, the defending track champion, pick up the win over Mark Mortensen, Tim Hartman Jr., Cody Clark, and Tony Ferron, the top five, Tim Dwyer, EJ McAuliffe, Curtis Hohenschell, Dan Santa Barbara and Brian Calabrese rounded out the top 10. Dwyer led the first seven laps. Then McAuliffe led laps eight through 16. Chad Edwards led the final remaining laps of the race. The heat winners were Tim Dwyer, uh, Finch Fenton, Brian Calabrese, and Dan Santa Barbara. In the pro stock feature, Bo Baller picked up the win, while Nick Stone, the defending track champion, finishes second, Annie Graves third, Jason Morrison fourth, Steve Kosselman rounds out the top five, Chuck Dombluski, Kenny Gates, Ivan Joslin, Josh Kuhner, and Shane Playford rounded out the top ten. Dombluski led the first four laps, Jason Morrison led the next four laps, and Bo Baller took over, and the rest was history. Heat race winners were Dombluski, Kenny Gates, and uh, Ballard. And then in the limited sportsman, it was, as Craig said earlier, Jeremy Terrell taking home the win, leading all 15 laps. Carter Gibbons second, Stephen Gray third, Taylor LaPlante fourth, and Jonathan Fiegels rounded out the top five. Clayton Dumont, Kyle Dingman, 
Jerry Cohn, Jeff Lutz, Ryan Sweet, and John Young rounded out the field while LaPlante and Gray won their respective heat races. The final fair four cylinders, it was Ken Hollenbeck and Tyler White taking home the wins in the single head and single overhead cam and dual overhead cam four cylinders. Slappy White, Kerry Hollenbeck, Billy Hillman rounded out the top five for Fonda. And upcoming for Fonda this Saturday will be the Montgomery County Open. It is a Fonda 200 qualifier, $12,000 to win in a 40-lap modified main event to remember Jumping Jack Johnson. I'm in. Sign me up, Coach. (laughs) $500 to start. Sale panels are permitted. Um, You can read all the rules on the Fonda Speedway page or Fonda Speedway website. Wait, um, Taz. Yeah. I got to pay $500, or if I take the green flag and pull it in the pits, they're going to pay me $500. You take, you take the green flag and run a lap. You get $500. You got to qualify for the feature. Oh. Well, that might be a problem if I'm going to drive an ML Bellinger Motorsports car. He didn't have that good of a weekend. But. Modified will only have show-up points. Everyone else will be running regular points. So the sportsmen's pro stocks, limited sportsmen and four-cylinders, they'll be running the normal track championship points. While the modified, you show up, you get basically bonus points handed to you. Um, some of the guys that will not be there because they'll be with the Super Dirt Car Series at Bristol this coming weekend. Um, some of the big names, as far as I know, will be Demetrius Drellos, Jack Lehner, Stuart Friesen, and I believe there might be one more. So we could see either a guy who's making, trying to make a name for themselves and the local smaller names, or we could see a guy who um, is trying to get who has a name but trying to uprise it, take home that twelve thousand payday, and uh, take a and get themselves a find a two hundred uh, qualifying spot in September later on in the year. Oh, I do want to say that uh, I did did run in Chris, if you're still listening. I'm sure you are, unless you're like me and went to bed early. Um, Which, hey, it's 9.18 and I'm still awake. I think I ought to get a first-place trophy this week. Um, Ran into Derek McGrew Saturday night. Derek McGrew, Jr. Um, He was piloting the MLB or the ML Motorsports, uh, Bellinger Motorsports cars this weekend. And I say cars because the first one that Motor went to the drive tra- drivetrain uh, fell out on the track and just said goodbye. Um, but I did talk to him. He's super excited to come on in June. Uh, June 14th is going to be his date to come on and visit with us and tell us about his season. Uh, he did have a little bit of a rough ride as in, they dropped the transmission in the first race, and uh, they come out for the second one. And I believe it was a second-place car. No, a second or third-place car got a little squirrely. Uh, came down the bottom of the track on the opening lap. Took out another car. Junior went low to avoid him. Well, that didn't matter because uh, Junior took a ride up on the concrete barrier for a little while. 
And uh, he's rumor has it he's a little sore, but uh, he said, no worries, Craig, I'll be back next week. So uh, he ran Albany Saratoga on Sunday, still sore, and uh, so he wasn't able to complete his race at Albany Saratoga because of how sore that he was. But I'm sure he's home resting up, and uh, we'll see him back at the track uh, Saturday night for the race at Fonda, and then Sunday he'll be racing his big black modified at uh, Albany, Saratoga. So I, I got to ask you something, Taz. A real serious question. Shoot. What the hell is it going to take to not hear a Hollenbeck be mentioned in a four-cylinder? Is it going to take CJ Sports, Miss Lee, Chris, myself, and you to put together a team? Um and run a four-cylinder race so we don't have to hear them winning every week? I don't even know. I don't even know why he's still that. Why he's still in that division. He ran street stocks for like two years, and I know the one year they kept on breaking stuff in the street stock, but, I mean, kind of getting a little boring, not going to lie. Well, it's kind of like when Jimmy Johnson was winning all those races. Nobody really... Nobody really cared. It's kind of like the same thing. And I love Ken and Kerry Hollenbeck. I think they're great folks. Uh, they own a they own Hollenbeck Salvage. I'll give them a free plug. I don't care. Uh, up here in Sloansville. And uh, we might need to go visit them for a transmission here pretty soon. <laughs> but <laughs> but uh, for a Nissan Rogue. But... Yeah, I might have to call him tomorrow and say, Terry, you got a Nissan Road transmission there? But, um, yeah, I get tired of seeing their name each and every week. Great bunch of guys, but holy shit, it's like listening to Jimmy Johnson and Jeff Gordon and uh, Kyle Bush winning races. I mean, I wish it was Kurt, but no, it's Kyle. Bitch boy Kyle. I know CJ isn't listening. He's, uh, he's, Speaking of speaking of boys, he's sleeping now. He's got to get up early in the morning. It is 9.22 in the evening. It is 8.22 down here for, uh, uh, down in Kumsuba, uh, Mississippi. And we're going to throw it down to Chris so he can tell us all about Why Not Motorsports Park. Oh, Chris, it's well. you, brother. Well, we added the show this past weekend. We need some more fans to show up, and uh, uh, it's uh, you know, not a really big race or nothing. We we excited the crowd with a a school bus race, and uh, you know, just uh, it's it's time to get out and support your local tracks, and uh, you know that's uh, that's the most important thing right now, Craig, is just getting out and supporting these tracks. So, I guess that's our local roundup. Um, so, let's talk a little bit about SRX while we can. Hey, because I like the new color. Yeah, they changed the design. I'm, I'm not getting into the design. Nope, not doing it. What are they, nope. a bunch of Democrats that keep, keep changing their mind? Holy shit. I'm keeping my mouth shut on the design part. 
till after I till after the first race I see. Well, I'm you're going to a race, are you not? You're going out to Stratford. Yes, I'm going out to Stafford in June for the season opener, but I'm keeping my mouth shut till after the first race. I don't want to criticize if, I'm, if we're trying to get them on here. Right. <laughs> especially who I'm going to, especially name who I'm going to say as SRX and CBS announced their broadcast team as Lindsay Zarniak will be the host. Uh, Alan Beswick will be the play-by-play announcer. Roaming nice. is Brad. Brad Doherty is a roaming analyst. Matt Yoakum is a pit reporter. All four of them will be at all six races. Danica Patrick, James Hinchcliffe, and Dario Franchitti will be the driver analysts. Those three uh, analysts will split the six races in two races each. And it, it will be Danica Patrick at the first two. Hinchcliffe will be at Eldora for round three and the finale at Nashville, Dario Franchitti will be at Lucas Oil and Slinger for rounds four and five of the SRX. And they have announced their local driver lineup as well because they have 10 full-time drivers, being that Mark Weber unfortunately won't be able to race the series due to some COVID travel restrictions. So... They did not announce Nashville. I don't know why. I don't know if they're still lining up a deal or they just forgot to announce it. But they have Doug Kobe in there for Stafford, Brian Brown for Knoxville, Cody Swanson for Eldora, Bobby Santos the third for Lucas Oil, and whoever wins the Slinger Nationals will have the ride for Slinger. And we are still waiting on that 12th car of their major all-star lineup. But it seems like they changed their design again. And, of course, just like IROC, they have to change a color to kind of match the driver. Which I'm fine with, but they changed the design completely, and I'm not getting into it. All right. So, apparently, Chris has lost power. Uh, Chris and his family do the yearly pilgrimage over to uh, see Ricky Bobby at Talladega. So they are getting packed and ready to go. I don't know exactly when they head out, but, um, yeah, I'm not going to bash SRX too bad. I mean, I'm excited for it. It kind of reminds me of – well, Taz, you can appreciate this. It kind of reminds me of Impact, AEW, and Ring of Honor trying to compete with the uh, global worldwide phenomenon known as Vince McMahon's World Wrestling Entertainment. So that's well, kind of what SRX, that's kind of what SRX reminds me of. Well, they're not really trying to compete with NASCAR because I mean if they are they're way over their heads why would you try to compete with them I mean I know the the originally NASCAR was not pleased with them and then they've worked they've had some conversations and NASCAR's kind of hated them less they kind of liked them a little bit but 
NASCAR doesn't really see them as, as a potential threat, and SRX is not really trying to compete with NASCAR. They're just kind of doing what IROC basically kind of did, but except not focus so much on the arrow. They're going back to the driver aspect and um, get away from the mile-and-a-half tracks, work on road courses and short tracks. Obviously, this year it's going to be short tracks. They want to do a road course race in the future, but they don't want to get too far ahead of themselves because they want to see how season one plays out, which I think will be great. But they, uh, but I think they have a great all-star lineup for their broadcast team. Their 10 drivers from top to bottom is great. And of course they got a local, they have a local all-star team, which they were talking about, but not, but because of Mark Webber, they weren't going to really follow through with it. Now they are because of Mark Webber um, not being able to race, unfortunately. And now it's just a matter of waiting for that uh, 12th car and that all-star, major all-star team. We could see guys do one-off races like Denny Hamlin's been interested. Kyle Busch has been. I believe Greg Biffle has said something. Well, Greg Biffle's okay because he's a has-been. But I think that they need to stop with the um, actual NASCAR drivers. Now, I think enough is enough. Um, I think that they need to keep it to, like, an all-star series. And they've got the hell. They got the the best car owner there is. He can't do nothing – Maybe that's a Miss Lee. I think I figured out Stuart Haas Racing's problem. Are you ready? Tony is too damn worried about SRX and not worried enough about his cup team. That that well, could be. They're not all NASCAR. I mean, you only have four, really four NASCAR stars in this. Um, I mean, you have. You have Tony Stewart, who obviously has IndyCar and NASCAR background. Tony Kanaan's an IndyCar guy. Willie T did some uh, sports car, IndyCar, Formula One. Paul Tracy was IndyCar. We just had this thing in our hands. Castro Neves has uh, sports car, IndyCar. Um, I mean, NASCAR's just Tony Stewart, Bobby Labonte, Bill Elliott, Michael Waltrip. Ernie Francis is a seven-time uh, Trans Am champion in his young career, and I think he's only like 23. Um, and then you have Marco Andretti from IndyCar. So it's really not all NASCAR per se. I mean, they do have a great mix. I've, I'm glad that they have a, a they have a they have a couple dirt drivers for their dirt races. But the question is going to be, are they going to have superstar dirt drivers for the dirt races? And that's what I'm kind of waiting for. And fans have been wanting that. So I don't know if we're going to get it. They right now, the only people that have shown interest in SRX, as far as I know of is to do the all-star team for one-offs is Hamlin, Kyle Busch and Greg Biffle. I think there was a few more, but I'm not sure. I, I, mean, I still say that they need to grab somebody from the dirt world and they need to bring in Travis Pastrana. Uh, Pastrana's always uh, interested in racing just about anything, and uh, he's had NASCAR experience. He's, he's worked underneath some of these guys. And, uh, I mean, just uh, 
I've also said Tony Hawk. So I, you know, <laughs> I'm sure some you, people you want agree a, more with young... uh, Travis Pastrana than Tony Hawk. But uh, you know, we want to we want we want to bring fans in. We want to bring popularity to it. You want to bring in a young dirt driver. You got to have in either in either Eldora or Knoxville, and you you must have him. And I've said this. From the very start, when S- when we were trying to figure out what drivers should go into SRX, I've said this, and I think they should still go for it, Hudson O'Neill. Why? He's a young driver. Yeah, I mean, They're looking for young drivers, and he's a dirt racer, and you have two dirt racers. Line them up. Yeah, yeah. Well, Hudson O'Neill or maybe a Tyler Herb even. Maybe even Bobby Pierce. I mean, you know, but uh, I could see where a young gun uh, would be uh, more suitable for the fan experience than, than maybe a Sammy Swindell or, you know, one of the older guys. Terry Gray, Morgan Turpin. Well, I think you need to bring in, like you say, Chris, you need to bring in um, – People that are going to draw draw to that that style of racing, and you know, bringing in I, I believe it was Miss Lee that just said it, and I said it earlier. Stay away from the current Cup drivers. Let them focus on their uh, their Cup teams, and yeah, it helps to bring notoriety to the sport. But we want. We want other people to catch um, SRX. So in order to do that, you've got to bring in different people. Travis Pastrana, as you mentioned, Chris, would be phenomenal. Hell, put Tony Hawk in a race car. Put skate, put a skateboard, long-ass skateboard on each side, and you're good to go. Yeah, who's the guy that does the drifting in the Mustang? I mean, I know Pastrana's done that, but... Uh... It's somebody else. He, Ken, he made Ken a video. And, and, <laughs> there you go. I think I've said him, too, I've wanted in the series from the very get-go. We gotta I, mean, do I, thought Block, I thought Ken Block should have been full-time driver. I mean, we got to do something different to get eyes on the sport or eyes on that form of racing. And... In order to do that, you've got to have you've got to have different different types of athletes. I mean, hell, these are only going to be you know they're only doing what six races, Taz, seven races, six, six, all in a row. So what's that? Six races, uh, all in a row. So you're going back to back to back to back. Right. So. You know, they've had enough time to talk about this. Hopefully the drivers that they do have have been, you know, at least trying to practice somewhat. I'm I'm excited for the broadcast team. I think that um I think that Brad Doherty and Alan Bestwick are phenomenal. Um, 
Of course, I'm a little partial. We had Alan on with us last year. But I love listening to Brad Darty's, uh talk show on at night with him and Brad, uh, with him and Brad Gilly. I think that's his name on, on Sirius. So I'm definitely looking forward to the announced part of it. Um, of course, again, Tony Stewart brought in Danica, and it wasn't, and I'll say it here, I don't care. Because um, Lord knows I ain't got no filter. It's for pure sex appeal. That's all it is. And I'm surprised that GoDaddy has not been announced the sponsor for the series. Um, new series, new faces. Uh, look in the world of rallycross, endurance class drivers, and so on. I agree, Miss Lee. Bringing people they we kind don't of did that in a way, mean. though. Somewhat. But, no, I'm definitely, I'm definitely uh, interested. I might try to call into the Brad and Brad show tomorrow night. So, if I do, I will try to plug Race Chat Live somehow, some way, before they dump my phone call. So, so well, I'm going to talk to Jake. So that's SRX, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, we'll, I'll touch base on the Talladega schedule. Um, we got this week, we have Wednesday, April 21st on FS1, the NASCAR Pro Invitational iRacing stuff, 7 o'clock. P.M. Eastern Time from the virtual Talladega Super Speedway. Um, then Saturday, April 24th at 1 o'clock Eastern will be the Arca Menard Series General Tire 200. That will be broadcast on FS1 and MRN for the radio. NASCAR Xfinity Series will go on at 4 p.m. Eastern for the Ag Pro 300 on the main Fox broadcast network along Thank with God. MRN. For the radio and TSN three for you Canadian folks. Now on Sunday, April twenty fifth, the Cup Series goes at two p.m. Eastern for the Geico five hundred on the Fox Main Broadcast Network, MRN, and the Main TSN Broadcast Network for you Canadian folks as well. Well, I'm going to give you my pick right now. And it's dash for cash for the Xfinity. All right. Well, I'm going to give you my pick for the Xfinity series. Justin Algar. I know. Hold on. Hold on. Craig, you keep picking him. Well, every time you just I don't cursed pick him. him. What's that? You cursed him. I know. Well, if nothing else, I'm regular. At least it picking a loser. So now maybe this time I motivate him in enough to uh, win a race. And besides, my ass is sucking canal water in our in our game in our little uh, bet we have between all four of us or one, two, four of us or five of us, whatever it is. Um, 
So I, I need to. I, I'm throwing out a hail mary here. So I'm going to go with Justin Allgaier, and then I'll come back to my tough pick um, in a minute. I got AJ Allmendinger. Hey, that was my pick there too. Yep. That's what happened. Smart minds think alike. So, so, we picked, so Chris, Craig, and I have picked a Dash for Cash driver. Miss Lee, you need to get a Dash for Cash driver to get 10 bonus points because you have Justin Haley to win it. And I believe the Dash for Cash drivers was Dinger, Allgaier, Harrison Burton, and shocked I forgot. Oh, Gregson. Well, listen, I think I should get an extra 50 points if Algar wins. <laughs> listen, I'm grasping for straws. <laughs> I mean, it's this is a crapshoot. I mean, we're, you know, you can go look at Vegas odds all you want to. We're going to favor the guys that uh, have uh, restrictor plate lack of a better term, super speedway experience, super speedway wins. Those are the guys that are going to be favored. But, I mean, you can get, you know, a, a 1,500-to-one shot right here with a guy who just happens to be, you know, we've had a Justin Haley win. So, you know, it's, it's not far to think that one of these guys in the back can't make themselves stars. As a matter of fact, I think we're, 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 we're overlooking Ricky Stenhouse. And the threat he could possibly be in the cup race. I think we're overlooking Bubba Wallace. I think we're overlooking um, Corey LaJoy. I think we're overlooking Daniel Suarez. All those guys have a chance to win this race. And those, this, you know, this is one of those races where those guys in the back, they circled this and they said, this is our, this is, and, you know, they start playing the M&M song. <laughs> Mama Spaghetti. You know, uh, and this is their chance to shine. Definitely. All and right. I'm going in for, so we're all riding the Almendinger train, except for Craig with the Gator, Allgaier. But for CJ Sports and Miss Lee are all going with Almendinger as well. Well, I don't know. I don't know about Mr. CJ. We'll, we'll probably find him out later in the week. Yeah, but, probably Friday. Yeah, I mean, on the on the uh, Xfinity side, we're leaving several names out on the table that that you know you just really have to. I mean, uh, Daniel Hemrick, Harrison Burton, um, Ty Dillon. I know I've named all the JGR cars right there, but uh, uh, you know, Jeff Burton's another. Jeff Burton's another good one there. Right. Okay, Brett Moffitt. I mean, that's a sleeper pick right there. So, of course, Justin I Haley. Mean, Haley has oh, more more Austin Cindric. I mean, a lot of names on the table to be, you know, all all on the Dinger Dinger bandwagon. Well, for I mean, you can't go wrong with Haley, and we might be looking out for Miss Lee on that one. Is that uh, Haley has won two of his three starts at Dega, and he's finished in the top ten in all three. 
So, I mean, we could... Be, so, this Lee might be making a giant jump with uh, Justin Haley. Did you say a giant jump or a giant dump? Giant, giant jump. Leap. I just... Well, never mind. She took the giant leap of faith. Uh I just wanted to make well, sure. You want to know who took the, the the giant dump? That was NASCAR on Jennifer Joe Cobb. Oh, absolutely. Oh. Absolutely. I mean, it's true. The reasoning behind and every, everybody wants to jump on her case about what happened with Norm Benning. Norm Benning is he's very ornery. Okay, he's an old guy. He's been around. He's been trying to qualify for races since the early nineties. He's always been an under-budgeted uh, uh, driver. He's never had a full, you know, a full sponsorship. He probably wouldn't know what to do if he did have a full sponsorship. You know, it's, I'm sure whatever happened between those two, and I, I did never really catch up with what exactly happened. I'm sure it was warranted. Uh, Norm Benning most of the time is 20 miles off pace, and uh, if Jennifer Joe Cobb. Uh, was a Benny Hamlin or a Kyle Bush, and probably whatever she did wouldn't be thought twice about. No. Yeah, she she definitely got the wrong end of the deal, and I understand you have to turn in your resume and stuff, but how does her resume just, like, say, say no? I mean, we have guys that come into do a dirt race with no NASCAR background. NASCAR approves it. Well, they, they're supposed we, to have special approval for, for super speedways, and we all understand why. We don't want some kid coming off the street making their debut at Talladega Super Speedway. But but Jennifer Joe Cobb is not making her debut at a super speedway. This woman has 10 years' experience. She has the best finish of 11. Uh, at, a, at a super speedway in the truck series, so that she has plenty of experience. This goes, NASCAR is trying to say this has nothing to do with what happened last week. I call bullshit. That's what I call. Well, we all know that it does, but. Um, You're messing with a team's, with a, with a team's charter. It's. They cannot find a driver. The rule book says if that car does not show up with a driver, they lose their charter. Now, I'm not saying they won't be able to get a driver, but with COVID protocol and all this other crap, I mean, it's not like you can just go out there and call up somebody that uh, obviously has you must have a, a cup approval every week. So somebody's going to have to be approved to drive this car that was not originally on the entry list, which <laughs> – Duh. That, I mean, why didn't Jennifer Joe Cobb get the approval to race this race? They waited to the last minute to say it. There's already sponsorship that's been handed over for this race. This is the ultimate F you to uh, somebody at a time where, my gosh, we're, we're claiming for diversity. I just I do not understand this call by NASCAR. I wish that they were more uh, transparent. And uh, I don't think uh, I don't. I just don't think we're going to get an answer. I think NASCAR made their decision, and this is a, this will be an old story after this week. But unfortunately, for Jennifer Joe Cobb, it's another slap in the face. 
Pretty much. Kind of ridiculous. For somebody who has who has supported your theories through thick and thin, who has supported the truck theories and and put her own money into trucks. And has is, you know Xfinity parts. It's an ultimate slap in the face. Well, well, I agree with you. Um, I agree. I think it has. I think it's a total slap in the face to NASCAR and what she's done for the sport. She's done far more than any other car owner as far as sinking her own money into it uh, to keep it afloat. So, you know, NASCAR needs to revisit it for sure. We've got about 10 minutes left. Um, I'm going to go with Brad Keselowski as my pick for Talladega. I'm going to go Mark. with Lou Oldham. Yeah. I'm going to go to my. I'm going to go to the Blue Oval camp. I'm going to jump to the enemy side. That's just super sweet, my racing. That what? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> what? That's just super speedway racing. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a guy! So you, there's gonna be an incident between those two guys. Just watch and see. Well, Craig, you got Darb, Miss Lee said Barney over there. As great as Barney is at Talladega, I think his streak comes to an end. I'm not going on the Barney side, however. I will stick with the Blue Oval Ford camp because I ain't trusting any of the Chevys at the moment on plate races, not saying that they're horrible. It's just I haven't fully trusted them yet. There are some that I'm not going to let leave my radar because there's a few I'm kind of looking at, but I don't see them really winning per se. I could see them be like dark horses. Toyota, I mean... The only one that could really stick out for me in Toyota is Hamlin, and he's he he's got to put uh, a good showing start to finish, and not just three quarters of the race. In the last quarter, you just somehow screw it up. So I'm going to say in the Blue Oval camp, being that Ford does really well at plate races. I'm going to stay in the Penske camp, but. You know, I was thinking. I was thinking the giggles. I was thinking the giggles. But I, I think, I think he he performs well at Dega. I'm gonna go on. I I don't want to do this, and Craig, I hope to God he didn't jinx him. I'm going with Darb. You're going with who? Same pick as you, Mr. Darb. Wow. No way, man. I really thought he was going to go with Ryan Blaney. Uh, I said no, his streak would end. I think this is my race where I can have a, a pretty good cushion. Uh, if y'all look at the as points. If you have, as if you y'all. don't have one already. And I'm pretty much just looking out of ass right now. But I have uh, I have room to screw this up, but I really 
guys, I've given a lot of thought to Ryan Newman because I believe this is Ryan Newman's last year, and I'd love to see him. Uh, this is one of those tracks where he's got a real opportunity. But as I was in the Ford camp, and I'm looking, I, I noticed all year long Chris Busher and Ricky Stenhouse Jr., they've been right there, the same and the other. The, these two guys, they they switched rods, basically, and they, they're putting – they're performing uh, about the same. I mean, Ricky's got a second-place finish uh, from Bristol, but uh, Busher's put together a pretty decent year so far this year. I think they're side-by-side in the point. And so I began to say, okay, well, both of these guys have run pretty well. Busher has a win, and he's got a win at Pocono. Uh, could he put Jack Roush back in victory lane at Talladega? I think so. I mean, I, I really uh, wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Am I going to pick him? No, because I always do this. I always give y'all a couple of examples. I try to get your minds off thinking, and then, and then I pull somebody out of the hat like Ricky Stenhouse. But you know, he's Ricky Stenhouse, and I'm just a Mississippi boy going to Alabama, hoping some local kid wins. That's not going to happen. Okay, but we're going to get back into the real deal. I think Kevin Harvick, guys. I mean, we're going to stick blue oval all the way around. This is Kevin Harvick's race, y'all. This is where he can come out and he can say, okay, you know, the mentality of plate racing, of super speedway racing, I cannot get behind the third place car. I have got to stay up in the top three. And if he can get there and he'll stay there, Kevin Harvick will be victorious at Talladega. Wow, I I have I I had him on my radar for winning picks, but being as how SHR has done so far, it just made me worry. So that's why I didn't go down that route. But I'm glad somebody did because it and it, Suarez is somebody that I'm thinking really hard on. And Corey LaJoy, I, you know, guys, I just would not be surprised to see. A Ryan Newman, a Busher, or a Stenhouse, or a LaJoy, or a Suarez, pick up a win here at this racetrack. The problem to it is, if you have a guy that's running first and a guy that's running second who don't, who, who are not normally in those positions, whoever's first is not going to win. He's going to see the wall. So all you can hope is that you have somebody who's really running for points behind you and won't dump you. Uh, but if it's uh, Eric Amarola or one of these other guys that's, that's desperate, um, we're going to have a, you know, a last lap crash uh, for the finish. That's why I'm putting my money on a Kevin Harvick because Kevin Harvick will whoop your ass if if you reckon. Well, yeah. I can't agree with it. I can't disagree with you, Chris. I think that. Uh, I think you're 100% certain. We've got about five minutes left. Apparently, DJ is not joining us tonight, so we'll get his no, no, picks no. late this week. Uh, be sure to tune in to his show tomorrow night. Uh, I believe it's on at 8 o'clock. You're going to want to tune in to him. Racing this weekend at uh, uh, Fonda Speedway. Again, uh Hot laps at 6 o'clock. Green flag drops at 7. Albany, Saratoga on Sunday. Possibly 
possibly Afton Speedway will be racing Friday night here in upstate New York. So uh, if that is the case, be watching for results from that as well. And I agree. Dega is a crapshoot. We've had three short track races, and now we're going to the monster of them all, Talladega. And uh, Taz, what do you got, my man? Well, I'll Chris, Chris, you can try to close this out, and I'll wrap it with our closing statement. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. It's uh, thank you for listening to Race Chat Live. Uh, you can find us at Race Chat Live on Facebook. You can find us at the One Ten Nation Sports dot com. We're also on uh, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Tunes. Nice. Well, thank y'all for listening to Race Chat Live here on Blog Talk Radio. I want to thank Lori Fallis again from the Mohawk Valley Vintage Dirt Modified Series for coming on and and getting her series out there. And we'll see y'all and hope y'all listen again. Same time, same place, right here on Blog Talk Radio with the 110 Nation Sports Network. This has been Race Chat Live. This is the caution flag of radio, Chris Creighton. The music DJ man, Craig Moore, and the Tasmanian Double Flaggers, Taz Taylor, saying so long, good night, and we'll see you back here on Block Talk Radio with Race Chat Live at 8 p.m. Good night, folks. Goodbye. Good night, everybody. Yeah, my computer's hard up, so. Crap. She is froze up. Oh, my Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.